Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Welcome those of you again inside of our broadcast booth, the voice of the SEBI podcast radio show, myself, Michael Gray, the product of the Virginia Union, myself here, bright, sunny morning here in Central Florida, 75 right now, temperatures can exceed to 90s, it's really hot here in the Central Florida area. Mike, what's going on out there in Virginia? Uh, it's beautiful weather. I'm out here in the, on the Maryland, uh, in the DMV area now, but it's, it's beautiful weather. Uh, it's a great day outside. They're doing some, doing some construction, but uh, it's, it's, it's a great day out here. Doing good. Doing well. We are indeed. Folks, if you haven't checked us out, we are on all social media platforms. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show featuring myself and Michael Gray, brought to you by all of our proud sponsors, Haifa Hookah Lounge, Discount Tire Shop, Revamp Barbershop, Geico as well, and also Precise Tax. And folks... <laughs> You want to talk about every week, Mike, we come back at a specific <laughs> place. And we have something good to talk about. The NBA playoffs, these conference finals, uh, I mean, I'll tell you, I, they've been really rather pedestrian to me. I, I thought I would see more pizzazz, more fireworks lately. But, you know, we'll start off with what transpired last night. The Golden State Warriors going to their fifth straight NBA finals. Mike, mm-hmm. this is a great accomplishment because this hasn't been done since the 1966 Celtics. Yeah, that's yep. right. Bob Cousy and Bill Russell in that early 60s to 70s, that decade run that the Celtics had mm-hmm. in, that, in that era. That's what the Golden State Warriors are in. And you can stay dynasty with a big fat D, capitalized D in it, because we're green. Curry and Thompson, since they've been assembled together in this great Golden State run as Kerr being their coach, it has just been a phenomenal run. 2015 on, they're getting to their fifth straight NBA Finals appearance. And they're looking for their fourth in five years, their fourth title, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, talk about this run and, and what does this mean when you're looking, when we look back maybe 20, 30 years down the line, we're telling our children and our grandchildren about this historic run. Well, we'll, we'll be talking about not, not, not only this historic run, but what it took to get there, like the the type of dogs that they have on this team. You know, when you look at the foundation that they brought in when they that they drafted with Steph Curry, Dray, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, they went through their struggle years from 2009 to about 2013, continuously losing, but they continued – they continuously got better year after year after year. You started to see the progression. We didn't know that they would be this good back then when they were losing, but we knew that eventually they would get it and start to click. But man, oh man, when they when they were on and they started to find their rhythm and everybody started to get in their prime together, oh man, this team was special. You see how special they were. They won a championship, then they got seventy three wins, and then on top of that, you add that to that add to that foundation. A Kevin Durant and a Demarcus Cousins. I mean, this is this this 
this is a dynasty. You know, when you look at the when you look at how this team is is established, most more so Kevin Durant than Cousins because Cousins really hasn't uh, played enough with them to you know really to really assert dynasty. himself, right? Yeah, to really assert himself in this dynasty conversation. But you know, definitely Kevin Durant, what he's added to this team, he's made them unbeatable. You know, we we always said that they never needed Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was a luxury, not a necessity. They never needed Kevin Durant to be a great team. They just needed Kevin Durant to be unbeatable, and that's exactly what they are right now uh, with him. And right, right now they're looking; they're just proving how good, how great of a team they were um, with when their foundation was in was in place with their, their three all stars. And and it's a special thing to watch. They're really unselfish. They love playing together. The 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 system built around this guy Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the ringleader of this team. He's the ringleader of this franchise, and you could tell that the the team, like, they go off of his vibe. He's a fun guy. He's a guy that loves to get everybody involved, and everybody respects it. You have Draymond Green, who's the hitter, the dog, the the the, the guy that's going to bring the toughness and the grit. Enforcer, right. And just he gives what the game needs. And you have a, a perimeter defender and a three-point sniper in Klay Thompson. Like, this team – this this team assembled and has always had solid role players coming off the bench and making things happen as well. Like this all around, everybody contributes. Everybody loves to play the game, and it's it's it's, it's a tribute to the the front office and the leaders that they have on this team. It's a very well run organization. Well, and and you brought a great point with front office because that was going to be my next mention there. What the job that Jerry West as GM and Bob Myers have done in this great run, they hired Mark Jackson. I've always said Mark Jackson built the foundation and then Steve yeah. Kerr just molded it into form. Uh, yeah. So, he, he, you know, Bob Myers and Jerry West joining together, hiring uh, Mark Jackson, getting and drafting Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, and, yeah. and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, the original uh, 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 squad. And then after that, once they started to assert themselves as dominance, getting uh, free agents like uh, Igadala, getting guys like, Kevin Durant, who makes them nearly impossible to guard, and yep. players like that, and Sean Livingston as well. That's yep. when the Golden State Warriors really started to uh, make themselves a household name in the NBA and become ultimately the Golden Boys, the face of the National Basketball Association. This has just been a great run. We want to look back here at this conference finals. Um, I guess the storyline, Mike, is this for the Blazers. Uh, they actually played pretty well, and... and um, in these series, it just wasn't enough because all of that gunpowder, all of that firepower that the Golden State Warriors, this Golden State Warriors team, Mike, they 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 never seem to be rattled or down in double digits. And we're not just talking about double digits; we're talking like nearly twenty points. Game right. game two, down eighteen, come back and win. Game three, down seventeen, come back and win. Game four, down seventeen again, and come back and win. That for a young Blazers team that hasn't been here in the conference finals since 2000 must be demoralizing. Uh, you're being up like that and then even being at your best game. Myers Leonard giving you 30 points out of nowhere, uh, you know, and, and, and you're still losing. That must be demoralizing for a team. And, and when we see one team looking to continue their dynasty and another one, for some reason, just, you know, looking back and retrospecting at a great season, but couldn't close the deal. Yeah, they couldn't close the deal. And you're absolutely right about um, Myers Leonard and the, the job that he's done and the job that Portland did. Then game two, three, and four, they easily could have won all three of those games. You know, but they, like you said, they didn't have the firepower. 
And not, not only did they, did they not have the firepower, they didn't have the experience. This is the yeah. first time that Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and this crew has been to the Western Conference Finals. You could tell they were a little rattled. They weren't ready for this type of energy, this Golden State Warriors team. See, I, I, I was saying last week, I said this last week, Portland faced Golden State Warriors at the wrong time. Right. And I think it's it was one, a good matchup for them it, as well. It was, it was, it's, 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 it's better off to catch them in the first round where they're probably not taking you as seriously as they as they probably would have. Maybe possibly you, you might catch them slipping a little bit in a couple games in the second round. But when they when they're in the Western Conference Finals, one round away from the NBA Finals, oh, that's when they turn it up to a whole nother level. And you have to be you have to match their intensity. And there's not many teams out there in the NBA that can match their intensity when they're going all out one round away from the NBA Finals. So I I, I just knew this team was gonna lock in. You know, you kept hearing all the noise about oh, this team is nothing without Katie. Katie started this dynasty, but the, the, they just proved everything everybody why they went seven three and nine. Why they won a championship uh, with their foundation, and I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, Sebi. I have to tip my hat off to Draymond Green. I'm a huge Draymond Green he, fan. He I love was the MVP game. of the series. Absolutely, oh, my goodness, I love his game. I love his intensity. I love the way he defends. He literally gives what the game needs. Everything, as far as from a technical perspective, and just as far as just all out grit and tenacity. He gives what the game needs every single game. He might not put up the flashy numbers or or the most points, but he'll give you he'll give he he might average a triple double and he's gonna make all the right plays. He's he's a great basketball player. I love watching him play and he's really he's really one of the key pieces for this Golden State Warriors team. And and Mike, I, I brought this up because um without Kevin Durant, he is basically the ingredient, the identity. He's gonna be the right. key man because all all you know that teams are going to game plan and try to trap Steph and Clay and get the ball out of their hands. Well, when they slide that pocket pass and, and have Draymond Green just slip to the basket and he just plays four on three, and and that's when he becomes a great point guard, you know, right. and then he can just, uh, you know, facilitate the offense and just throw lobs to Looney or Bogut up top. And we saw a lot of those in these series or, or get other shooters open. Draymond Green is the key man without Kevin Durant. And, and you see why he's reverted himself I don't know if he's gotten back in shape. I don't know what happened, but he's reverting himself to the old Draymond Green of 2015 and 2016. Yes, he sure has. I, said, I think I think in the offseason they said that he lost about twenty about twenty three pounds this offseason and got lighter, so he could be able to keep up with the pace and get back to the Draymond of old that we you, we've been accustomed to seeing. But you're absolutely right to have a four, your power four, be able to push the ball up the court and let Steph Curry and Klay Thompson run to those corners and get the open spots. Oh man, what a luxury! <laughs> what a luxury! Yes, the luxury indeed to have as Draymond Green. We want to talk about Steve Kerr too. Uh, Steve Kerr being overshadowed by having such a great team like this. Right. I mean, you get overshadowed when you get um, being polarized by Curry, Thompson, or you get overrun by the greatness of Kevin Durant and Steph. And, and you know, Steve Kerr not getting a lot of credit. One can argue this might be his best coaching job since being the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, having a weak bench, dealing with all the injuries to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, to Draymond, uh, not Draymond Green, uh, to um, Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins and having to mix and match with Livingston, having a problem with, you know, finding a great lineup with the Iguodala's absence. With right. One can say this has been his greatest 
achievement as a coach throughout his tenure here in Golden State. And here's a stat here at you, Mike. And for the Warriors, he has a .776 winning percentage with the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> so uh, Steve Kerr definitely deserves some, a, a lot of uh, compliments and, and, and a lot of a great achievement there as well. He sure does. He, he fell into a great position when he um, when he took over the Golden State Warriors. He was getting them as they were ascending. They were continuing to tr- they were trending upwards year after year after year. And when he when he arrived in Golden State, they were almost at their peak. They were they were getting close to their peak, and then they got over that hump and won the championship. And the rest has been history after that. They've been such a motivated a motivated bunch since coming into the NBA, and it's been it's been a joy to watch them. You know. I, I've always respected the Golden State Warriors because they came from those struggle times. Okay. Definitely, definitely there. The Golden State Warriors, of course, going back to their fifth NBA title run. And straight, that hasn't been done since 66. And they're going up against either the Toronto Raptors, May 30th in game one, or will it be in Milwaukee? That's why. Don't go anywhere because when Mike and I come back, we shift gears to the Eastern Conference. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Michael Sebi here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Folks, don't forget any of our previous episodes or some of our newest episodes. You can all find us in all streaming platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. If you want to listen to myself and Michael Gray here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, check us out here on all of our social media streaming platforms. And Mike, we shift gears to the Eastern Conference. The Bucks have been super dominant and took care of business at the Pfizer Forum in games one and two and game three and double overtime. The Toronto Raptors finally get one on the board to make this a series. Game four tonight, a crucial game four. Will the Bucks take a commanding 3-1 lean or will the Toronto Raptors make this a series, even things up, headed back to Milwaukee Giannis Antetokounmpo really struggled in game three, but has been dominant since that game one effort against Boston. Uh, and, and Kawhi Leonard's just doing Kawhi Leonard things, really took over, especially in double overtime. He had eight of his 36 in double OT. Game four tonight, uh, this is when teams really start to figure teams out, their tendencies, what do they like, what they want to take away from them. What do you take away from this? Oh, this game four is going to be the best game of the series. You thought this double overtime game was the best? It was so so far. But this this game right here is pivotal for multiple, multiple of reasons. What I take away from this game is Kawhi Leonard is going to have to have another monster game. We all know that. Pascal Siakam is going to have to have another game similar to game three. Um, I know for a fact that how, how much Toronto – Toronto needs this game. If Toronto, this is a game – so this is another game seven for Toronto – because they can't go back to Milwaukee down 3-1. But Milwaukee, right. on the other hand, 
notices that Golden State is out there resting already. So they don't want to continue to extend this series and play any longer. They want to they want to get as much rest as they can for the NBA Finals, assuming that they get past this series. So this is a big game for them as well, as far as the importance to continue to, you know, continue to get good wins in order to get this series out the way so they can get ready for the NBA Finals. But oh, man, this is a tough. This is a tough game. I would lean towards Toronto because their home court advantage. Um, the, the the crowd is going to be electric, amazing. It's going to be Toronto is going is going to go nuts tonight. Um, I think Kawhi Leonard is going to have another sensational game down the stretch. He's going to make the plays. Um, I think Giannis is going to have a better game as well. They they kind of neutralized when when they put Kawhi Leonard on Giannis and Antetokounmpo Coupon in Game Three. He he pretty much neutralized him for the for that most part of that game, and. I look for the same things for some for for most of the game, but I look for Giannis to uh, in the second half figure things out and start and start to have his type of game. But I think it's going to be a nail biter that Kawhi Leonard finishes at home. I give him the slight edge to send the series back to Milwaukee. And, and 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 rightfully so, you know how I've been staying pat, especially uh, I think people have really started to recognize this how Kawhi Leonard's been. Um, really dominant. I've said, and even before this, he's been the best player in the world. I mean, and and I think the playoffs was the time that I started right. seeing that. With that being said, um, you know, you look back at this game, <clears throat> Giannis. He only got twelve points and bad, poor, poor shooting night, and and rightfully so. I mean, Nick Nurse did what he could do. Like you realize, Nick Nurse used one of his biggest assets. He used Kawhi Leonard to right. guard Giannis. Obviously, you know that's a physical right. mismatch. But when we think about Kawhi Leonard, he may go down as one of the greatest defenders and maybe yeah. in NBA history. Uh, one of the two, one of one small forward to ever win back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year awards. He may go down as one of the greatest perimeter defenders ever himself, Scottie Pippen, um, Gary Payton, and others uh, in that short list. But he used that as a formula to slow down Giannis, saying that, okay, we know what you could do inside the paint. We're going to dare you to shoot and get the ball out of, your, out of your hands. And so I, I give credit to Nick Nurse doing that. But with that being said, you have to look at this from a Bucks fan perspective and say, hey, we even from a poor shooting night, Giannis had 23 boards, seven assists, and four blocks, and we lost in double OT. Uh, I think they're, they know that they have the deeper roster. I think they know that they're the better defensive team. I, I think they believe that. Um, they can win an opponent's building, and that's why I have the Bucks mm-hmm. winning tonight. And and for the right reasons you mentioned, the Golden State Warriors have just wrapped up the Western Conference, and they know that they don't need to give them right. enough rest because enough rest for themselves, enough rest for Kevin Durant, and perhaps maybe even Boogie Cousins in these NBA Finals. So I think the Bucks will come out. They take care of business in Game Four. They have to be encouraged by what happened in Game Three, even though they lost in double overtime. Like the problem is, is are with that toll that mental toll and that physical toll playing 45 to 50 minutes with guys like Middleton, Giannis before he got fouled out, guys like Brogdon, George Hill played a lot of minutes. Will that take a toll on them in game four? I say no. I've seen these Bucks. Um, they're battle-tested. They look starving, hungry. I think Milwaukee goes up okay. 3-1. Uh, I, I definitely, I definitely could, could, see, could, could, could see that happening because I don't, I don't anticipate Giannis having the same type of game that he had in game three. But I don't, I don't know if the role players are gonna have uh, from Milwaukee are gonna have that good of a game today. I gotta see it to believe it, but I definitely see where you're coming from because I'm, I'm not gonna lie, Sebi. I'm very impressed with this Milwaukee Bucks team. This, this team is, is very. I am very, as well. 
I'm yeah, starting to I, be a believer. Was, <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks have turned you know, me to you a know believer. How we were on, the, on the Celtics, you know, <laughs> having them having them having them go deep in the playoffs, but to, to see how they how they how they tore them apart and how they've just been so dominant, not only in the, this postseason but throughout the regular season as well. Just I've been very impressed with the, how they play. They 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 have let they have long defenders. They they have three point shooting, and that's that's the perfect type of players to have around Giannis, who is drawing three defenders. And Milwaukee can just he can just kick it out to these shooters, and they're knocking down shots. My, the return of Malcolm Brogdon was huge for this series because he's been playing absolutely amazing, and it's 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 going to be a bomb, Brandon. But for some reason, I got a feeling that Toronto's role players are going to outplay Milwaukee's role players today and win Game Four on their home court and and bring this series back to Milwaukee with two games apiece. Rightfully there, so. What has stood out to you thus far in in this Eastern Conference or in, in this series? Um, you know, uh, Danny Green hasn't been impressive. Pascal Siakam, who's supposed to be the second uh, sidekick to Kawhi Leonard, hasn't really showed up. Um, people have said that he's exerting a lot of, you know, time and, and a lot of stamina guarding Giannis. And I think that's why Nick Nurse made that switch in game three. Pascal Siakam hasn't stepped up and and – Larry has been non-existent since his big game one performance. And on the opposite end, Brooke Lopez, obviously we don't expect 39 points and 11 rebounds like he did in game one, but hasn't been himself as well. But the other new core nucleus of, of the Bucks have showed up. So uh, when you look at till game up to three games right now, what is stood the, out the to biggest, you? You know, what's, you know what's crazy about this series that stood out to me the most is how important Malcolm Brogdon is to this team. Malcolm Brogdon... Um, is showing how lethal a 50-40-90 player in the playoffs is. When, right. when I was watching game one of this series, Toronto couldn't have played a better game. Kyle Lowry had 30 points. Kawhi Leonard had 31. The role players were looking somewhat uh, solid in the first half and slipped off a lot in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter. But Milwaukee probably played for one of the worst games in the, in the playoffs um, this season. And still found a way to win because somebody stepped. They're so deep. Somebody else stepped up. When everybody was missing shots, Malcolm Brogdon kept them in the game. We're knocking down timely threes, playing solid defense, and he's been doing that throughout this series. He had a great game too. He had a solid. He had a solid game one, knocking down timely threes. And I just when I look at him, when I look at like when this team is on, and then they add Malcolm Brogdon to the mix, I look at this team and I say, wow, they're almost unbeatable. They're almost unbeatable. The only team that that is in their way is a is a Golden State Warriors team with Kevin Durant, because that's how special this Milwaukee team is. They're so deep and loaded. Uh, is like you said, this game three for Toronto, it was a, it took double overtime for you to win, and Giannis had a terrible game, probably his worst game of the playoffs, and it it took double overtime for you to win. But that's the type of wins you have to have. That 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 just lets Toronto know, in order for you to win. It's going to be that way. You have to grind it out. You have to make those four or five plays in the fourth quarter that are going to separate you and to win this game because it's going to be hard to blow this team out. You have to play almost a perfect game to blow them out, and then that might not even be good enough. That's how deep this team is. That's how lethal they are. And it just lets me know how special Milwaukee is. It's going to take a Herculean effort from not only Kawhi Leonard, but the rest of this team. Kyle Lowry needs to step up. Siakam needs to have another good game. It's going to take a Herculean effort from this Toronto team in order to knock off this Milwaukee team because they are special. 
this this Milwaukee team is very special, <clears throat> reminiscent of 1974, back mm-hmm. in the days of Oscar Robinson <clears throat> and also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The last time the Bucks have been to the NBA Finals, and they'll be trying to do that again this season if they get there. And when tonight, and maybe perhaps another one. But the Bucks trying to bring back days of 1974, getting back to the NBA Finals. But we'll see. Game four tonight, live from Toronto, from the Scotia Bank Center. Listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Hi, I'm Fanny. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr. And we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to SEBI Podcast Crew for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so, reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs and be sure to let us know that SEBI Podcast sent you. Thank you. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The SEBI Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info some cool merch if you want to dm us and send us all of your email requests we'll be sure to get them here on the sebi podcast experience and remember folks whether you're listening on air or viewing online sebi podcast is wherever you go and that is the slogan Sebi Podcast Radio Show, Mike, myself, and Michael Gray here. Mike Florio, Pro Football Sports, had this to say. We shift gears to the NFL here in Pro Football. Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor, part of the 2013 Seahawks team that won the Super Bowl for the Seattle Seahawks, their first Super Bowl in franchise history, led by that vaunted Legion of Boom defense. They've retired and... Now, all of a sudden, Pete Carroll is stuck with a big contract with Russell Wilson. He's now the not a young guy no more. <laughs> Russell Wilson's 30 years old with, with Sierra and, and got the new contract. He's satisfied in Seattle, wants to be a Hawk, and now he's the emotional and the leader of the Seattle Seahawks. Mike, where, where does the Seattle Seahawks move from here moving on forward with two great iconic players like Cam Chancellor and Baldwin? You have to think they're going to go in the team's Hall of Fame one day. No question about it, especially Cam Chancellor. You know, with the entire Legion of Boom is a, is a, is a legacy, is, is our legends in and of itself. They're, they're to be respected as such. They, the, the, their reign didn't last as long as people would have thought it would have, but that's the way the business works. That's how the NFL is. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not mental and longevity. It's not, you know, it's, 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 it's about, when your time does come, take advantage of your opportunity for as long as it is and enjoy the ride because it doesn't last as long. But that that Legion of Boom, the entire Legion of Boom, including Cam Chancellor, who was one of the hard, hardest-hitting 
tallest uh, uh, athletic safeties we've ever seen in this game. It, the, the things he could do on, on the football field were amazing. And Doug Baldwin, I, I always loved Doug Baldwin because of how smart he was, not only on the field, but off the field. On the field, he was so savvy of getting to his spots as far as route running. He's, he was a very solid route runner, loved, loves and had great footwork, loves and, and technique, loves to toe drag on the sideline for those sideline catches. He, he has great hand-eye awareness. And he was he was a special he was a special player off off the off the field as well. Everything he does in his community, you know, he was a very intelligent person. Went to Stanford with Richard Sherman, and it's just it's two great two great players that you would love to have on your team and go to war with. And um, you know, it's it's unfortunate for Cam Chancellor. You know, he had that gruesome neck injury last year that 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 forced that forced him to retire. So um, it's, it's it's sad, but but what what a great career. They're both Super Super Bowl champions. I'm sure they're both satisfied. And happy with um happy with their their careers because they left it all out there on the line and that's all and that's all you can ask for. Definitely there and you you when you talk about these two guys their toughness Man. personified great work Man. ethic Cam Chancellor I, I've said that the greatest and and the best uh, safety I've ever seen has been Ed Reed uh, I you know I didn't get a chance to see some of the others but the ones in my existence I've seen Ed Reed had the total package he could play in the box he could play. Uh, um, as a corner you could put him in run support you can put him he's you could put him playing center field and this guy would run sideline to sideline and hit you and, and his ball skills was just yep. through the roof and, and, and Palomalu was there as well but Palomalu his thing was more yep. instincts um, you had the great Sean Taylor before right. he died Earl Thomas he's on his way to the Pro Bowl uh, to, to, to the Hall of Fame Pro Hall of Fame as well but Cam Chancellor just how hard he is, you know, just a enforcer, especially in the running. What the Seahawks did is they used him as another middle right. linebacker, and that's what started all of these hybrid middle linebackers, hybrid safeties. Uh, teams were starting to look for those type of players in the draft because of the Seattle Seahawks and what they did with their personnel. And so he's going to leave a legacy there. These guys are, are great. And Doug Baldwin, I mean, this guy, obviously, the the Seahawks haven't blessed Russell Wilson with a great number one player, but Doug Baldwin has stepped up in that role, undrafted out of Stanford. Uh, no team gave him a chance, and and the Hawks did, and he's just taken that with everything. He is also a great humanitarian um, for Black Lives Matter, the stuff that he does in the community out there in Seattle. These two great iconic guys are going to be remembered in Seattle. Mike Florio had this to say on his show in Pro Football Talk. Just take a listen. Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin, there are two fierce competitors being removed from the sideline and the locker room on each side of the ball. Even if not playing, both had value as leaders. How do the Seahawks replace those voices and not miss a beat, Big Cat? It's going to be tough. You know what? This is this is why you pay Russell Wilson as much as you paid him, because it's not just the play on the field. Russell Wilson has to control this locker room. He has to be the guy because you, you are now – the Seahawks over the last two seasons have lost the team that won the Super Bowl, has lost the team that had that identity, and it's Russell Wilson's team now. And this happens in, in football. You see the teams kind of transition. You see all the different teammates that Tom Brady has had, all the different teammates that Ben Roethlisberger has had. It comes down to the quarterback and the coach to make sure that this success that they've had continues with a totally new crop of guys. But it's going to be tough because Doug Baldwin is an all-time mm-hmm. Competitor, Cam Chancellor, the same. It's it is going to be difficult. No one should say it's easy. 
that was Mike Florio and his host there on Pro Football Talk. And Mike, they they hit on some great, 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 great points there. It's just just the leadership role those guys had in the locker room. Pete Carroll are gonna miss. Yeah, it you're, sure. you're absolutely right. You know, you had two players that one of the key things of being a leader is not only what you say, but they go by your actions. And these two proved it every day, throughout day day by day, throughout with their actions. Because uh, not only what they did in game day, but every day in the practice field, in the film room, in the weight room, you know, everyday life, whatever the case may be, these were great people to model yourself after, to learn after, to um, to to grow under. These were two great leaders. Like you said, they're champions. They know what it takes to win a championship. They came from those struggle times when they first got drafted, and they weren't winning them. They weren't winning much games. They went through the losing in order to, to get where they were at the time when the Legion of Boom was at their best, and Seattle was on, on one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen. And Doug Baldwin was out there making plays with Russell Wilson. It was it's special. I mean, just, those two guys. You don't just replace two guys like that. And if 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 you if you're, it's a special situation if you luck up and do because. These are legends. These are rare breeds. These are guys that are going to be remembered years and years uh, for generations. And, and he's absolutely right. It is, it's up to Russell Wilson at this point. Russell, This is why Russell Wilson getting paid $35 million a year. And uh, like he said, I'm glad he said it at the end when he said it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be growing pains. It's going to be adversity that Russell Wilson is going to go through that he didn't have to go through in his first, his first few years in his career. Right. He's, he's going to be a lot of new challenges. But I'm sure the type of competitor that Russell Wilson is, I'm sure he's up for the challenge. I'm sure he's ready for this moment. This is something he's been preparing for his entire career, and it's finally here for here for the taking. I I I, I look forward. I, I look it's there as well, Mark. You know, I look forward uh, early on in his career. Um, second season, in Super, he got to a Super Bowl he wanted because of great defense. He he had a leash on him. Now I think they've taken that leash off and given him the keys to the franchise there and and you know Ben Roethlisberger has to had to deal with this with mix and match players Michael Mike Wallace was gone Heinz Ward was in the back end of his career he was gone he that's when Antonio Brown ultimately came well again probably going to was one of the one of the best receivers ever uh and came in and molded him to what he is today uh Brady we know him with Belichick they're always getting new pieces whether it's Wes Walker Edelman uh Gronk you know so there's always new pieces uh, with them and so I, I think Russell Wilson I like him you know he has moxie he has the poise the composure of being a great quarterback uh, if if you know I think if GMs could redraft back in 2012 <laughs> Russell Wilson <laughs> would have fell into the third round I think yeah, if, if they redrafted again obviously I think Andrew Luck would still go number one but I, I, you can't say that Russell Wilson probably wouldn't go second in that draft uh, we know Robert the Griffin the third went second overall behind Andrew Luck but he has been great thus far in his career in the NFL and at 30 years old, just entering the prime of his career as quarterbacks. I think that Brady Rogers, Elway and, and Drew Brees has redefined that position that your, your play can be longer now up to your 40. So Russell Wilson's only 30 years old. I think they're going to give the keys to the franchise and to the city, and he's going to have to do it for them uh, moving on forward for the Hawks. Other news as well is Gerald McCoy released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and also Chris Long, DN, Super Bowl champion with the Patriots, longtime Rams and Eagles retiring. Your thoughts on those two guys as well? Uh, yeah, I'm su- I, was, uh, I was surprised that the Bucs and Gerald McCoy weren't able to uh, agree on a number to, to keep them extended throughout because 
Gerald McCoy is one of the, is is one is one of their top defensive linemen, one of their top defensive players. Um, he's 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 been a force since he's coming to the league straight out of Oklahoma, and he's he's been a special he's been a special football player. He's a, he's he's disruptive. He's he's disruptive inside. He he makes plays in the backfield. He gets his sacks. Um, I, I I love I love watching him play. I love watching him 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 uh, dominate on the defensive line, and it's it's, it's unfortunate that. He he wasn't able to stay in Tampa Bay, but it's some it's another team out there who um, that would that, that would definitely take them off his hands, and he he'll 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 produce right away for another. He's that special type of player. He's one of the top interior defensive linemen we have in the league, and uh, as far as Chris Long is concerned, uh, great career. I mean, just just an exceptional career. Um, the work that he did not only on, on the field but off the field. Uh, he's a great person, and he deserves these last two years in the NFL. I said, how how many players can say that they finished their last two years in the NFL winning the Super Bowl for two different right. That's 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 special right there. And you know, hats off to Chris Long. He's a, he's a good person. He deserves it. And he had a great NFL career. I always always I enjoy watching him play. And you know, good luck to him in his future. Great, great luck for him in the future. Maybe he has some broadcast um, positions Possibly. outside of of his career um, in the pro football. Their great work ethic when you think about Chris Long, but I'm surprised with you, Mike, as well. Uh, I, I, me living here in Central Florida, I get to see a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneer games. Uh, when you look at, and you roll the tape, and, and you, you can ask Todd Bowles or any other coaches that's been here, Tony Dungy or for the Buccaneers, you roll the tape. When you look at that defense, the guy that stands out to you is Gerald McCourt. And the point of attack inside the trenches, whether it's three technique or nine technique, off that snap, uh, you know, Gerald McCoy is as good as it gets oh, on being a disruptor inside. No, oh, he's not Von Miller. No, he's not J.J. Watt or or um, Aaron Donald. He's not even Geno Atkins oh, or Jarrell yeah, Casey yeah. But, yep. or Fletcher Cox. But when you look at one of the more disruptive <laughs> uh, uh, interior linemen in the NFL, you think about Gerald McCoy. And I think a, a, a team as a contender would be great for him. In his okay. career, already spent nine seasons with Tampa Bay, already making a name for himself, not ready to, to get some postseason success. You're not going to get any postseason success being in Tampa Bay, uh, being that dysfunctional organization that they are. But a, a, top, a team like the Colts, uh, they, they always need help on the defensive side mm-hmm. of football. You got Andrew Luck, you've got weapons on offense. They'll always keep you in ball games. But the defense can, can use an interior lineman and, and a guy like, like Gerald McCoy would make sense for them. Um, Patrick Mahomes always looking for <laughs> uh, defensive help in Kansas City. Right. So uh, I, I know he'd be on the recruiting trail as well. But Gerald McCord could definitely make some noise for a potential contender, whether it be in the AFC or in NFC for sure. Yeah, no, no doubt. And social media was in a buzz as well. You saw a lot of the players from different teams uh, outside of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers recruiting Gerald McCoy already, letting him know, hey, you know, my my team, you need to you need to check this dude out and, 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 get, and get him out here because – that's how special he is, man. You know, he's, he really is. He really is a transcendent talent. He doesn't have off the field problems. You know, he won't be a locker room cancer or anything like that. Right. So he, he was a great there. leader in the locker room. Great, great leader. leader. Great leader. Great leader. Great leader. Room, and his charisma and just his personality. He's just a fun loving guy. Right. Always like to make the guys um uh, funny. Jameis Winston talking about him as as you know the jokester of the team, the eldersman because he's one of the oldest ones and looked upon as a leader, but also a joker in the locker room. Uh, I, I think that teammates would gravitate with them. Another thing, Mike, as well, 
the heat down here in Florida is unlike any other. It, right. It's not as dry as Phoenix, but it's it, the humidity is insane. And so he did all of that success in that heat. If right. you were to go to any team that, uh, whether it be up north or out west, where the climate change would be a little bit more better, maybe in a dome, like like I mentioned with the with the Colts, um, in that type of environment where he dominated with the sun and, and a lot of humidity down here, it ain't no telling what he could do in an environment of a dome or or in climate changes in their respected um, time zone. So uh, again. Gerald McCoy would be a big time signing for any any perennial contender, whether that be in the NFC conference or the AMC conference for sure. That's a, that's there's no doubt. I I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what team he goes to because it might it might, it might it, to be honest with you, Sebi, it might be the still of this offseason, whatever team he goes to. Yep, no doubt. Definitely had the uncertainty there for Gerald McCoy and any other NFL, NBA, or any sports news. The Sebi Podcast Show is the only place to find it because myself and Michael Gray, <laughs> I'm selling, telling them, Mike, we're the most dangerous in the duo in the industry. No doubt, brother. No doubt, this... brother. It's a pleasure every week. <laughs> Indeed so. Back with you guys again. Weekdays, Mondays and Tuesdays. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Streaming on here on WNSC Radio. Myself and Mike say so long from now inside WNSC. <laughs>